This is Man Down, the anti-man up movement with me, Jamie Clements. Join me as I speak to inspirational people from all walks of life about mental health, masculinity, vulnerability, and pretty much everything else. This is Man Down. I am incredibly proud to say that Man Down is brought to you in partnership with Better, a charity raising awareness around mental health and suicide prevention through a range of exciting events and initiatives. Please head over to www.better.org.uk, that's B-E-D-E-R, or find them on Instagram at better underscore UK. Welcome back, everybody, and thank you for joining me for another episode of Man Down. This is episode 20. Can't quite believe it's been 20 weeks since uh, since this all kicked off, but uh, amazing to have got to where we are and to, to have you with us again. So thank you for, for joining me. Uh, today, I've got the pleasure of being joined by Michael Edward Stevens. Michael is a mental health and LGBTQ plus advocate. He spent over 10 years working in creative leadership positions for some of the world's Uh, most respected British brands within the fashion, travel and retail industries, including ID Magazine, Vice Media, Liberty London, Ted Baker and Virgin Atlantic. He now runs his own retreat and workshop business, Create Space Retreats, promoting the importance and value of self-care, specifically within the creative and LGBTQ plus communities. Delighted to have Michael here today. Um, Michael, how are you, mate? Thank you for for being here. Thank you. Yes, all good. Good stuff. How... um, How's everything with you? I think, you know, we're best part of six months into what is lockdown or whatever we call this period now. How, how have the last few months been for you? Yeah, the new normal. Yeah. Yes. Um, so this is month six of, for me of actually caring for my parents now, which is a massive shift, um, you know, from my previous day to day life. Now, um, you know, it's it's one of my daily kind of uh, routines is kind of, you know, making sure that um, I'm taking my mum out in the afternoon and that we've, um, that we've, uh, yeah, spending enough time together. Mm -hmm. Um, It's, it's a big shift, but it's, it's definitely been um, worthwhile us kind of spending that time together. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's been, there's obviously been a lot of, a lot of lifestyle shifts for a lot of people. Um, so how, in, in terms of, I guess, in yourself, how, how have you find the, how have you found the change in tempo, the change in lifestyle, the changing living situation for, you know, just your own, I guess, peace of mind? How's that, how have you, have you coped? Have you had, I think most people have had, you know, ups and downs, but how's it been for you? I guess there's so many contributing factors. Um, you know, you, uh, you're, you're kind of having to deal with a, the pivot of the work situation. So um, for me, we had to cancel a lot of our kind of previously organized um, retreats. We had to deal with kind of the fallout of that financially, but also then think strategically about how we were going to come up with um, a way around it. Um, and then also just not really being able to see my friends has been like quite a, a big challenge. Um, traveling was such a huge part of my, my life and my career as well. So, um, I mean, I'm very fortunate that I'm living in the countryside in England. It's very beautiful. So uh, I've had really kind of a lot of access to nature, which has been um, 
yeah, it's been wonderful. But yeah, the, the idea that we are isolated, um, definitely kind of, it exasperates certain, certain feelings, um, especially, you know, when you're, when you're kind of living in your childhood home as well. And um, yeah, when you're, you're not necessarily able to, to go about your, your daily kind of routine. Um, well, my daily routine is very different now, but, uh, and we do kind of get used to it, don't we, after a while. Um, but I'm kind of exhausted. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's, it's been, um, it feels like we've lived kind of six years in six months, to be honest. Um, and it hasn't really, I haven't, I haven't stopped except for the first two weeks, which I was kind of sidelined by the whole thing and just was very tired. Um, but then just kind of really kind of got going and, um, yeah, it feels like time's just flown by. Yeah, absolutely. It's one of, it's a weird one. Is it? It's like, it feels like it's been going on forever, but it's also gone so quickly. Like the fact mm -hmm. that we're six months in and we're still kind of in this weird limbo of not really knowing what the hell's going on. It's yeah, it's definitely a, a weird kind of time warp where time loses all meaning. So <laughs> it's um, yeah, it's been really interesting. I, I'd love to kind of, I guess, dive into for people who aren't familiar with create space uh, as a, as a brand, um, just find out a little bit more about that and, yeah, I suppose touch on that transition from, you know, physical in-person retreats to what you're doing now with, with the virtual retreats. So if you wouldn't mind just giving us a, a bit of an overview of, of what CreateSpace is as a brand um, and yeah, how you've, how you've adapted to, to the change. So I guess for me personally, I'm, I describe myself as a, a mental health advocate, which um, essentially means that I promote the importance of discussing mental health issues um, and also the importance of prioritizing well-being um, in your life. And I do that primarily within the kind of LGBTQ community, but also the creative community where I spent 10 years um, working. And I do that by um, having conversations like this through my own channels um, and also through the retreats and workshops that I organize. So create space retreats um, and workshops, we are essentially putting together programs um, which support individuals on their, their self-care journey. So we are enabling them and empowering them with the tools and the understanding for them to go away and continue that journey um, on their own. Uh, we, we kind of structure our, our programs um, across many different dimensions of well-being. So um, it's not all kind of related to physical health. We also kind of include um, mental health as well. And then there's a huge kind of networking um, part to it as well. So we work a lot with businesses um, around uh, building those support networks internally. Um, obviously, we haven't really been able to do that over the last six months, but I think that's going to be hugely important um, as we move into the kind of next phase of this situation. As businesses start kind of coming back together, they need to start re-engaging with employees 
in a meaningful way. Um, I think we can't just kind of push everything that's happened under the carpet and just, you know, <laughs> expect to get back to normal. I think there's going to be a huge amount of processing that needs to be done on an individual level and on a business level as well. Um, Reevaluating what's important, really. What are our values as a business and what do we, um, what do we believe is important uh, as we kind of move forward? So I think, you know, a lot of businesses are already recognizing that flexible working is really important, um, but then that kind of brings about whole new challenges around, you know, team building and togetherness. Um, so how do we kind of have these, these moments of that um, instead of it being kind of relied upon, um, you know, going into the office each day. So these kind of team kind of moments and experiences are going to become, I think, even more important now. Um, and also these kind of pauses um, of reflection uh, which we kind of offer because I think, you know, we as individuals, especially living in London, um, are just kind of go, go, go all the time. Even on our holidays, it's like, oh, well, let's try and, you know, cram in as much as we can. Um, or sometimes, you know, I would come back from my holidays more exhausted than when I went because I would try and, you know, utilize all the time possible to fly as far away as I could and then often like go straight back into work um, and probably answering emails while I was away as well so as a business how do we enforce um, employees to take that time to really reset to really kind of re-energize and it's very hard for an employer to enforce that so I think having these kind of more orchestrated uh, breaks it will allow the business to say this is actually really important it's not just us saying that you have to take a holiday this is actually us enforcing it mm -hmm. everyone is going to turn their phones off everyone is going to take part um, and yeah I think that's kind of the future yeah definitely and it's kind it's slightly not scary I don't know if that's the right word but the facts and it is, it's accurate, the fact that we have to almost enforce that. Like, I'm, I'm as bad as anyone with my phone and I now have to actually put th like measures in place to make sure that I'm not on it at certain times. Or if I am on holiday, I'll delete my Slack app from my phone so I can't have that regular interaction with, with my work. And yeah, it's really, really interesting as well what you're saying about um, this period, both on an individual and a business level, because I think one of the reasons it has been so difficult for a lot of people is that all of those things that we do and identify with all of those kind of ego pieces that make up our identity were suddenly taken away we weren't going to the pub we weren't doing xyz with our friends and we had to actually it was it was a forced pause and for some people that was a good thing for other people. It was a horrible thing because we were forced to sort of sit with ourselves and actually ultimately figure out what, what we care about and what's important. And that, as you said, feeds into that business element where people are coming back to work, having a better grasp, I think, in a lot of cases of what they, what they want out of work and what they want out of their life. And so how businesses adapt to that is going to be really, really important, I think, because they can't, 
they can't sweep it under the rug. We can't just forget about this and go back to how things were before. So it's going to be really interesting as we move into this next phase to see to see what happens. So yeah, no, that's that's really interesting. And in terms of um, what you've been offering um, during this period, virtually, yeah. what what are some of the initiatives you've been running? You know, outside now that you know f- physical retreats aren't on the table. So there was one project that was, um, it was kind of pretty well developed. We'd got the team ready, we'd got the location ready. um, And then in March, we just decided to pull it because it just uh, wasn't looking like it would be able to go ahead. Um, And that was a retreat um, specifically for gay men. Um, And it's called Who Am I? And it explores identity as a gay man in 2020. And we pulled it and then after I kind of got myself back together after the the initial kind of shock of this whole thing, um, I realized that actually this was a community that really needed this support right now. Um, And obviously a lot of people were feeling the effects of isolation, but this was a community that I personally could resonate with. And I understood some of the challenges that were potentially arising in kind of coordination with uh, the overarching situation. So we took some time to properly um, reformat it. We had to find a new team who felt comfortable delivering the same content virtually. And we had to go about kind of just working out how the structure was going to work because I'm sure we've all felt it now, the Zoom fatigue and the fact that you just can't be sat there listening to one person for this amount of time and and stay visually engaged. So the way that we've structured it is we've broke it down into kind of these 10, 15 minute uh, modules. And we've got a team of six that deliver all of the content on rotation. There's different kind of uh, methodologies that we apply. So some content is delivered in a kind of group discussion format. Some is delivered more um, traditionally in kind of like a a webinar-esque format and then we've got kind of time for self-reflection we um, intersperse it with holistic practices like breathing and um, some kind of mindful movement as well so it really actually um, doesn't feel like you're spending five and a half hours on zoom a lot of a lot of people have said that they felt really energized afterwards just because we've paid particular attention to the energy flow So, and by energy flow, all I mean is that it's not full on constantly. Um, There are those kind of um, breaks um, that allow you to just kind of like chill out. (laughs) Um, So we have been going now for about three months and we've put over a hundred men through the program now um, and just seen incredible results really. Uh, So there's around 12 to 14 participants on each retreat and it's over the course of a weekend and it's yeah five and a half hours each day um but it doesn't feel i mean for me personally i'm obviously running the program it flies by um but it's yeah we have it's a a mixture of kind of holistic practices with psychological um proven techniques and activities amazing amazing 
yeah, it's based on my own um, experience and the struggles that I faced and the things that I found useful, really. Yeah, no, it's, it's fascinating. I um, again was looking over sort of some of the stats around um, the LG, LGBTQ community and, and mental health. And I, I think it was something that for me as a straight man, it, potentially I'd never really thought about. I think I'd, I'd probably hold my hands up to the fact that it's just something that even being involved in the mental health space, I hadn't quite fully considered the impact and looking at some of the stats, you know, 40, I think the ones I was looking at 46% of GBT men said they've experienced depression at some point in their life. And 53% have experienced anxiety and 32% have felt like life was not worth living in the past year. And I think, you know, aside from the stats around mental health generally those statistics are pretty staggering and pretty frightening Um, and i'd love to to touch on that and and from your own personal experience and from the work that you've been doing within that community just to get a an understanding for for people listening as to why you think these communities are so affected by by mental health issues so yes studies have have shown that minority groups are disproportionately affected and it's been kind of put down to a a term coined as minority stress which is essentially the pressure that someone feels to fit in when they are the minority so this could be you know um the fact that you might have to look over your shoulder before you hold hands with your partner in the street it might be the fact that you're you know not picked uh, at school um, to be part of the football team it might be the fact that you believe you have to behave a certain way at work um, in order to fit in all of these kind of little stresses um, build up um, and you know that it it comes down to I guess the marginalization um, stigmatization and discrimination of minority groups mm. um, and yeah it's it builds up and essentially contributes to mental health issues because often when you're faced with not feeling as though you can be yourself in a situation that naturally results in identity issues and when you don't feel as though you're being true to yourself you're having to constantly battle with that internally um and it it kind of comes out through other means really yeah yeah i think it's um i was having a conversation with someone last night and it's similar themes slightly different takes on on similar themes just around authenticity and identity and actually the wider that gap between who you really are and the the version of yourself that you're putting out to the world, the more issues you're going to come up against. And the longer that you do that and the wider that that gap gets, I think those issues become, you know, deeper and deeper and more habitual to the point where you're actually, you actually start to lose sight of your own identity and you don't even understand who you really are because you've spent so long being something else. And um, I was reading a 
is one of my favorite books, um, Lost Connections by Johan Hari. And he talks about just, I see, see nodding, <laughs> nodding and smiling. It's a, a bit of a classic. Um, but he talks about just how um, loneliness isn't actually around how many people you're with, but it's whether you feel like people have your back and this element of hypervigilance. So if you're looking over your shoulder, as you mentioned, if you're having to look over your shoulder or if you just have like a natural hum of anxiety about you know what is going on then that will feed into loneliness and anxiety and i can definitely see that kind of minority stress and it's similar you know the statistics in um you know black communities and, and ethnic minority communities um are, are similar on mental health so there's definitely so so much work that needs to be done to you know, these aren't necessarily even just mental health issues. In fact, they're definitely not just mental health issues. These are societal issues that are feeding a mental health issue within that community. So in, in terms of, the, I guess, the, the work within um, these workshops that you've been doing yes. and sort of more broadly, what kind of issues and what kind of advice and, and lessons do you try and impart to, to people to try and help them get to grips with that idea of identity and, and kind of accepting and being their true selves. Yeah. So we don't give advice. Um, <laughs> that's kind of one thing that we're quite, you know, specific about from the start that this is not us telling you what to do. This is us providing some structure and some tools and um, some resources for you to do your own investigation and go away and continue that. Um, so you've touched on a few things actually that we cover in, in the, the retreat, which it's a theory kind of presented by Dr. Gabor Mate, which is a definition of trauma. Um, and he describes trauma not as the event, but it's what happens inside of you as a result of the event. And he specifically looks at um, the split of identity in relation to the trauma um, and the event. So essentially, when, when something happens to you, for example, um, prevalence, there's a prevalence within the kind of LGBT community of, of shame um, and shame is kind of um, a key contributing factor to a lot of these issues. Um, so when you are shamed, you understand that um, part of you uh, needs to be suppressed in order for you to retain that connection to the, the parent figure. Um, and that might not necessarily be your actual parent, um, but it's, it's someone in your life that you um, want to re retain that connection to. Um, and so you, yes, you push that away and you present uh, a, a kind of an aspect of yourself forward um, that allows you to retain that connection. So let's say, for example, um, I take a doll to school and I get told, no, boys don't um, take dolls to school because that's for girls. So then I push that part of me that wants to you know explore my my feminine side my kind of um caring side and 
I put forward what I believe is going to um, allow me to make friends or um, keep that connection with my, my father. Um, but by suppressing that other part of me, I'm creating these internal conflicts. Um, and as you said, authenticity is about bringing those two parts of you together. Um, it's, a, it's not about going from one to the other. It's about actually remo removing um, the gap as much as possible. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think it's a, a lesson that, that most of us could, could take something away from just around trying to, I suppose, just trying to sit with the different parts. And as you said, not choose one or the other, but actually realize that it's that they are all parts of you as an individual. And, and how can you bring that as close together as possible? Um, because I yeah. think that's where you start to get rid of that that friction and I think that gap just creates a feeling of unease and that's where these feelings of anxiety stem from a lot of the time so um yeah it's it's, it's fascinating um in, I mean often sorry I'm yeah sorry no you go yeah, we we kind of tend to look at uh what are the the main characteristics that you would describe yourself as um and then look at the opposites of those uh because that's often kind of a good inclination of potentially what is being suppressed. Um, and yeah, we, we kind of look primarily at, at what are maybe the motivations behind putting certain characteristics forward. What, what are you, or what are you trying to prove um, or who are you trying to prove it to? And often that is quite a light bulb moment for a lot of people. Um, especially, you know, given the, the time and energy that people put into their careers um, and understanding kind of why it is that uh, you feel so kind of, like why you feel it's so necessary to, yeah, to be successful. Mm. Yeah, that's, um, it's something that I've, I've been doing quite a lot of looking into recently just around shadow work. And looking at the different parts of the shadow and the first thing that I was kind of explained as part of shadow work was accepting that we all have the capability to be all things in terms of traits like if you think that you as an individual could never be arrogant or on the flip side you could never be successful that's just not true and we all have elements of all of those things and we're just suppressing or not suppressing them in different ways so yeah i think that's a really interesting exercise just to think about what are those what are the opposite what are the you know the polar opposites of the things that you most identify with and trying to maybe see examples of when you've been those things because i think that's when you start to get a more full picture of of who you really are as an individual um so yeah no it's 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 really really, really interesting i i think with with all of this stuff, you know, everybody I speak to, or most people I think that I speak to within the mental health space, which is, it's a broad and varied space, but um, most people within this space have come to this work from their own personal experience. Um, and I'd love to sort of hear a little bit more about how you ended up coming to, to what you're doing now, and maybe some of that past experience that, that you've learned from and actually been able to 
sort of work through to get to the the point that you're at now where you're able to actually help other people through their their own experiences yeah okay i think it's important to say from the start that i am still working through it absolutely this is yeah. an ongoing <laughs> process so yeah this is um definitely just the start for me but uh i guess i'll start with kind of the the catalyst um which was me burning out um so i was at the height of my career i had got the job that <clears throat> i'd always wanted i was being paid the amount of money that i thought was you know my my ideal amount i was going on loads of holidays life looked pretty perfect from the outside and internally i was just really struggling and uh, was a mess i ended up having to go to the gp because i couldn't move my neck um and they kind of asked me you know into other questions um and you know whether whether i was sleeping well well no i'm taking xanax every day uh for two months um have you got any other like issues issues on your skin I'm like yeah got um eczema you know i also got ibs it was it all the telltale signs were there that my body was just screaming please stop so she said take some time off um and i said i've just got to go back in and do a few <laughs> more things and yeah she just was very adamant that no um that wasn't that wasn't a good idea. So then I slowed down and then obviously things just kind of all came to the surface then. And I realized I'd just been pushing my body way too much. I was working um, insane hours and I, I was driving myself to these extremes. Um, and I recognized that uh, there was definitely kind of a lack of support in some areas, but um, fundamentally, you know, I have to take responsibility for the situation that I put myself in. And I used the time off that I had to take to try and understand why I'd got myself into that situation. And that was where a lot of these questions came up. Um, <clears throat> I realized that I needed much longer time off than uh, I could take from work. So I ended up actually um, leaving my job and um, moving out of London so that I could spend some more time, uh, yeah, doing this work. Because one thing became quite clear was that you cannot think your way out of this. Um, in fact, thinking got me into probably more of a mess because I ended up just going round and round in circles. What I needed was a combination of psychological kind of um, self-exploration, but then also I needed to have these enforced pauses like we've talked about. So making sure that I was surrounded by nature and I could go out and just kind of really clear my head and then come back at it from um, a more grounded place. Uh, I then just needed to just stop kind of thinking about it uh, for, a, for a while. And I went on holiday, um, which I, hadn't done for a while where I, you know, just went um, without my phone or anything. And uh, yeah, I went just traveling around, around Italy. Um, and then I kind of decided that I wanted to start Create Space and help other people also start this process um, of self-exploration. And I mean, for me, 
the reason why I didn't go back into my career that I was in, I was working, like you mentioned, for some quite big brands. And I just didn't feel as if that environment was conducive um, for me um, moving in the right direction. I felt like it's pretty full on all the time if I go back to that kind of um, senior director position where it's a lot of project management, people management, budget management. Um, I mean, I was also working in the travel industry, so it's probably a good job I didn't go back. Um, and <clears throat> yeah, it's, it's been actually uh, quite a long process of gradually going further and further back. Um, I had an eating disorder for about 10 years, which I went to a therapist to try and work through. Um, it was a success to a certain extent. I, I kind of moved past the, uh, the habits that I'd got into and some of the beliefs, but it went a lot deeper and I wasn't willing to go there at that point. So I, I kind of brushed it under the carpet and that's what I've been kind of going back to now. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's been fun. <laughs> I, I say it's been fun because you have to kind of laugh about it to a certain extent. I mean, it's happened um, and I can't change that. So I, I do feel like there has to be a playfulness approach. Otherwise you're just going to get even more, yeah, into a, a depressed state. So for me, it's that, that, that kind of playfulness and that lightness is something that I wanted to bring to our retreats. Um, this isn't, you know, a dwelling on the past because it, it's not kind of making light of it, um, but it's certainly like, let's not focus on, on what's happened. Let's focus on how that's impacting us now and what we can do to change um, uh, ourselves moving forward. Yeah, I think it's such an important point and it's something I try and apply to any conversation I have around this topic and also my own work is like there has to be lightness because it's not it's not light stuff so if if you like you said if you dwell and you get stuck and like you have to get really stuck into it and you have to look inward and look deep and that can be pretty daunting and pretty terrifying so it's not as you rightly said it's not making light of it but it's being able to I think it ultimately comes down to self-compassion like being able to actually look at it but not there's no element of blame there's no element of um dwelling on the past it's just a case of this has happened fine fuck it <laughs> it's just an element of like how do we move through this what can i do to make things better and i think once you have that balance it's you know all of this stuff comes down to self-awareness and and learning more about yourself um yeah. but it, yeah th that element of lightness i think is is such an important point because yeah it, you can get caught up in just the darkness and that's actually not going to make anything better um so yeah no, I mean, I think I'm, so, I'm so lucky that i am in a place where i can laugh at certain things i mean for example i built a whole career on critiquing like other people and things and just having that real attention to detail so you can imagine what i was like on myself so now when I catch myself critiquing, you know, how I look or my, the way that I behave, I do just have to laugh and at least I've noticed it. 
um, and that's kind of at least one step in the right direction. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I think, yeah, there are definitely days, and it's as you rightly said, it's a an ongoing process. This kind of work, you don't get to a point where you're like, I've I've done it, I've done the work, and you can definitely fall into that trap. There have definitely been times where I've been like, yeah, I've 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 worked through that stuff, and then a year later, something will come up, and I'll be like, ah maybe I haven't worked through it but even then I there's an element of like of course you haven't worked through it and sort of bringing that lightness again to it um I'd love to just as we as we wrap up just kind of touch on some slightly more quick fiery type questions um one I always love to ask people um just because I think it's great to have this kind of reflection when you do this work is if you could give one piece of advice to your younger self what would that be? Slow down, I think. Yeah. Um, was always planning 10 years ahead uh, and always just running at 100 miles an hour. And, you know, I've actually forgotten a lot of stuff that uh, I achieved that I enjoyed that experience so yeah i think slowing down would be kind of a good a good piece of advice yeah i think it's uh, it's one that comes up time and time again i think it's is pretty spot on um the second question is just around again it's a bit of a classic and uh if you if you could recommend a book to to the listeners um what would that be it doesn't have to necessarily even be one that is you know personal development but um yeah any any kind of book that stands out for you that that you'd recommend to other people well i mentioned him earlier dr gabor mate um he has a couple of books that i that yeah just changed my whole um my whole way of approaching this i think so he has a book called when the body says no uh which is all about how stress impacts our immune system um and then he also has a book called Hungry Ghost, which is about addiction. Mm. And he, he writes in a, a very kind of editorial way, um, <clears throat> but he's a, a practitioner. So it's full of kind of um, great medical advice in there as well. So, yeah. Yeah, he's, um, he's a bit of a genius, is, is Dr. Gabo Mate. Um, yeah. If you don't want to read the book, you can listen to him um, for days. He's just got yeah. an amazing voice. Yeah, no, he's he's brilliant. There's some, I, I think his um, his episode with Russell Brand on Under the Skin is is one of my favourites. That's a a pretty a pretty uh, pretty great summary of a, a lot of his content. So yeah, definitely worth checking out Gabor Mate for people listening. Um, and I guess the the final one to to finish on would just be um, for people who have listened and want to find out more about you or want to find out more about um, the retreats and the workshops. Where where can they find out more? Um, yeah, you can follow me on Instagram um, at Michael Edward Stevens, or you can visit our website, createspaceretreats.com, and we have all the upcoming dates and programs up there. You can book via, yeah. Amazing. Well, thank you so much again for joining me, Michael. It's thank been a, a real pleasure. Appreciate you, you sharing all the great work you're doing and, and your own personal story. Yes. Yeah, so um, thanks so much for, for joining me. Cheers. Thank you. So that is it for today's episode of Man Down. Thank you so much for tuning in as always. 
Tune in every Sunday for the next episode of Man Down with our next inspirational guest. If you want to get in touch or if there's anyone that you think should be on the podcast, you can reach out directly on Instagram at jamie.clements underscore or by email on jamie at mandownpod.co.uk.